welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. I'm Taylor. We are back and so excited to discuss White Lotus Season 2. We have so much to say, but first we've got TV news. Starting us off, the Golden Globe nominations came out today. Me and Jordan were just talking. It's been a while since Golden Globes happened because of their racism in the past, I think. Well, and I actually, I forgot too that they were also, Brendan Fraser also accused like the le- the head guy of like assaulting him. So like they're oh, yeah. dark. And he's nominated this yeah, year. Yeah, and he, someone said like, will you go? And he was like, no, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm never going to the Golden Globes. <laughs> interesting they should have just like made a new like given them a new name like create invented kind of a new awards or something and just let that die out maybe rebrand yeah yes honestly good idea and we did we need a new award show anyway i feel like it's time it feels like tv has changed so much since these award shows even started that like Mm -hmm. we deserve a new award show I was thinking about that when I saw that Emma Darcy was nominated and who goes by they them and has to be in like an act actress category. I was like, it is really interesting. Like how, how can we revamp this? So we're not like men versus women and are more inclusive and Mm -hmm. using more inclusive language in these categories. I don't know what the answer is, but I, there's gotta be a way and I think it's time. It's such a good point. And I have seen people talking about getting rid of the gendered acting categories and just having like best acting performance. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, it's like Emma Darcy. Is it that they're nominated bec- in this category because the character they play is she, her like that's co- so complicated. That is really complicated. Good question. But anyway, I don't know. Because then, would you also then have a category of, like, 20 people? Or 10, I guess, only. Because there's usually... It's usually five nominees for acting. But I don't know. It is complicated. Could you, like, make the categories way more niche? I mean, the categories also are already getting kind of confusing. We'll get... I guess we'll get into this now. But, like, comedy. What is a comedy? Because the bear is nominated as a comedy, and I just think that that is wild because it was barely funny and really dramatic and sad. I think that's so true. The nature of comedies today, most things that are nominated as comedies are not your standard comedy. You have yes, you have like Abbott Elementary, you have your Ted Lassos and Schitt's Creek that are definitely traditional comedy. But you have Succession, um, which I think is usually nominated as drama. But I could see the argument to putting it in comedy. Mm-hmm. Barry is comedy and is also very traumatizing. Like, it is not a, just a straight comedy. So, it's all, it's like, there's this the gray area. All the, every single thing is kind of in a gray area. And how do you award that? Mm-hmm. 
with the acting you could do like um because i think there's even kind of a gray fuzzy area between who's supporting and who's lead Mm -hmm. so that's also kind of needs a revamp i think like actors who were in a show 75 and 75% of the scenes and like, I was actually going to say like, we're playing a real person or time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cause that's another thing. Sometimes I think, Oh, they did an amazing impression of an existing real person. Mm -hmm. But is that harder or easier than someone who had to act as a completely fictional character? I Mm -hmm. don't know. I don't know either. I'm glad that we don't have to make those decisions because I don't know what the right answer is. But we're putting the pressure on the people who do. Yeah. There it's stale. It needs looked at. One of the one Golden Globe thing I wanted to bring up is that both of our crushes of 2022, our TV crushes, were nominated for best actor. Wow, we're such um trend starters, that's the word I think I'm thinking of. Trendsetter. I still was wrong. Now I'm probably going to mess that up for the rest of my life. (laughs) Sorry, my bad. But yeah, go Adam Scott and Diego Luna. Also, I did see a stat today that Diego Luna is only the second Star Wars actor to be nominated for any Golden Globe. And the first one was the original Obi-Wan Kenobi in the 70s for the first Star Wars movie. Wow. Isn't that kind of wild? That is really wild. Great for him. Proud of him. Yeah. I'm surprised The Mandalorian was never nominated. He's the first the first ever Star Wars TV show actor nominated. They probably got maybe special effects nominations, but okay. acting never. Makes sense. Yeah, Jordan and I were also talking about how it's interesting there are so many shows that are like nominated that just barely came out or aren't even out out at all. Um like Avatar and then Wednesday just barely came out. And honestly, people are loving that show. I'm sad we got a book schedule because people are loving it. But good for them, I guess. I know. I think maybe I was partly surprised because it's so currently popular and it's nominated right now. And I don't feel like that usually happens. Like everything else that's nominated came out like early this year and mm-hmm. Wednesday is like fresh right now and so to see it nominated for kind of a lot of things I was pretty impressed I was surprised that Barry was not nominated for best series comedy series because it's nominated Bill Hader is nominated for actor in a comedy um so I don't know I was kind of surprised that is surprising yeah interesting only murders in the building got it and Wednesday which I mean I would choose Barry over only murders in the building but I was actually thinking that I didn't want to be a downer but I would keep the acting nominations especially for Steve Martin and Martin Short Mm -hmm. but take out the series nomination and put Barry in instead if I had my way you can have it your way on this podcast or at McDonald's yeah I was just thinking that too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a great slogan. Um, okay. On to regular straight up news. This is 
I think this just happened today, but HBO Max is going rogue again. And they're pulling off the minks. It's horrible. And they're like in the middle of filming. And so I know they're going somewhere. And like the creator, I think, posted that they have a new home. Oh, I didn't see that. They said. Because it got renewed earlier. Yeah. And I know they're in the middle of like they're literally filming right now. That's so messed up. Um, But yeah, the creator, I think it's the creator, um, tweeted and said, I'm proud of the show we made and I'm confident that the audience will come with us to our new home. But I don't know where that is. At first, I thought it might be Paramount Plus because Mm. they had that's where it is in like UK and Ireland. But then I realized that that's just from UK and Ireland. So I don't know. Hmm. Well, I'll I'll be watching. Yeah, me too. Um, continuing on that sad news, they also at HBO they also canceled F Boy Island, our literally favorite show, and Los Spookies. <gasps> I didn't see the Los Spookies news. Yeah, they came for blood. They they made it personal. They really did. Wow, I am sad. It's a really dark day. It's like, oh, let's cancel all the shows shows for people that like fun and being happy. Yeah. Hmm. That's really, really unfortunate. It's sad when it's like such a perfect show with such like niche humor. Like we need to have our own platform for these shows, I guess. Like underdogs of yeah. shows. Mm-hmm. It's very heartbreaking. Truly. Paramount Plus is making the <laughs> Mean Girls movie from based off of the musical. Which is I that is so funny. A movie based off a movie turned into a Broadway musical turned back into a movie. But it is kind of fun because Renee Rapp, who's known and Jordan now knows her from Sex Life of College Girls. She was in the original Mean Girls on Broadway cast and she's going to be in the movie, which is fun. I've never heard her sing and I know she'll be perfect. Oh my gosh, she has music and it's really good and she has a song called Colorado and oh my gosh. I've been meaning to tell you that you need to listen to it because it's very perfect for you. And did you see that Moana is playing Janice Ian? Oh my gosh, no I didn't fun i'm so excited (laughs) yeah that's amazing i'm glad you explained what it means though because i was like okay it's not like when they do live musicals and it's not like they're just recording the stage version like they did hamilton for disney plus it's like they're making a new movie and it's the broadway version but it will be a movie like yes it's it's like a movie (laughs) musical i think and Tina Fey is doing it, which yes, good. Thank goodness. Um, I guess how I'm gonna have to think about it is like when they did Annie for the Wonderful World of Disney. Remember that? Great. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's funny. That now it it makes sense to me. But it's I was very confused sense. reading, reading all the, the 
tweets saying the, those words together and I mm-hmm. was so confused. Yeah, it was some meta news. But I knew I was excited. They dropped a teaser, a very uninformative teaser for the new season of Yellow Jackets that is going to be starting on March 24th. Fun. And it's like I, 15 seconds long, snowy, looks scary. That's funny because I was like, oh, I saw that there is a trailer for Yellow Jackets. I need to look it out. Glad I didn't spend the time to look that up because I hate it when the teasers are really nothing. No. Like, it's probably not even the act. There's some arms in it, and I don't think it's any of the actors. It could just be. It could be me, you know? Like. Mm -hmm. Speaking of trailers that I didn't watch, um, which I really should have because I'm very interested in this, but they released the trailer and photos of the new Daisy Jones and the Six show on Prime, Mm. which is based off of the very famous book. And, you know, I saw a Dumois thing that said that the production of this show is not too far off from how the um, book is written, which is basically about a band with a lot of drama. And I'm very interested in that Dumois tip because that is very <laughs> meta and funny if that's true. But like who the cast hooking up. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The cast and, like, all of the costuming and cinematography looks really good and pretty true to how I had envisioned it when I was reading the book. So, it's fun. Also starring so many people, Suki Waterhouse, uh, Sam Clayfin, and I can never pronounce her name right. Riley Keo. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited, and I need to read that book. Yeah, you should read it before. I can't remember. Have you also have you read Evelyn Hugo? Mm-mm. Okay, same author. I like that book a little bit better. But this isn't a book podcast. <laughs> I have heard of that one though. Are they adapting that one? Yes, they are. I, th- I think it's been kind of confusing because it's like almost trending weekly on Twitter or TikTok that like who's who they're casting and also there's a lot of like fan theories that it's based off of Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss's life and so like there's so much fan fiction that I cannot remember what's real and what's fake wow that sounds like just the kind of overwhelming fandom I'd love to be a part of um Continuing the trend of not watching trailers, I did not watch the new trailer for the next season of Emily in Paris. Me neither. Um, but the tweet from the AV Club says, Emily in Paris trailer threatens to get Emily out of Paris. And it has a photo that looks really happy and fun. It has uh, the chef and his girlfriend clearly still coupled up, Emily and <laughs> Alfie, and then uh, the other girl. <laughs> <laughs> all sitting together at dinner and I was like okay I mean that's kind of development though because they were all really mad at each other before and now what it looks like they're name? all hanging out in buddies Camille so Camille was that her name Camille, Camille? like Camille like the girlfriend yes yeah because I was always really confused when I see the subtitles and it says Camille <laughs> yeah because I don't know French 
anyway bring it on i i'm excited i want to watch the next season of emily in paris me too i'm in i'm in the mood for that kind of show right now me i very much me too um i feel like jordan is more uh prepared to discuss this news but um reese witherspoon is going to start in uh the, the sequel of election that they're going to be making at paramount plus i've never seen that movie it's on my list but i know that jordan has is this good news jordan um i'm excited because i I'm cautiously excited i should say because i saw that uh if you have it pulled up you can verify this but like either the director or the writer is also returning with her or something like that and i was happy to hear that reese isn't just like going rogue on her own to make this you know mm-hmm. yeah from what it sounded like um so i think it oh, could be very fun and that wasn't me confirming that was me um <laughs> i don't Agreeing, agreeing with you in the idea everything you say i agree with um the only thing i have bookmarked is uh, an instagram from evan ross cats and um this is just like a meme saying like i'm shaking i'm physically shaking because he's so excited so can't really confirm or deny any of that news but sounds right i know i read something about it so i'm sure you did if we have to correct it next time we will and i might not research it to anyway so who cares but um yeah, I am excited. I do like Election. Well, I really love probably 75% of Election. And then I think 25% of it has really not aged well. Um, but I really think you should watch it. And I would love to discuss it with you. Okay. Good to know. Because Reese, it's probably one of her, be- her best performances ever, I think. She's amazing in it. Wow. Big statement. It is. That's a take. Um, this news, I shouldn't be so happy about it, but I am very happy that, um, Matt Lucas is leaving Great British Bake Off. Um, I don't think he's very funny on that show as a host, and I think he's kind of awkward and distracts the bakers without actually having any funny jokes. Nope. So, I am very, very happy. I think... His time has come, and um, I haven't heard of who the replacement is, and I can't think of my, like, wish list or anything, especially because I think a lot of times they choose um, comedian like, British comedians that I don't really know, so I don't even have a preference. I'm just happy that he's leaving. Sorry. Yeah. My mom broke the news of this to me, actually. And then I had a fact checker because I'll be honest, I wasn't sure I believed her because who knows where she got her facts. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I heard heard the news, my family was, everyone in the Goff family was very excited. Just not, I just don't think he's that funny, which is weird because he's really funny in uh, Bridesmaids. I need to rewatch Bridesmaids because I always forget who's in it okay my last piece of news is another piece of news that i should probably just let jordan (laughs) talk about but it's my last piece of news that i have bookmarked um but drag race is moving to mtv and is that easier to access than vh1 i'm not sure um i feel like they must be like tied aren't they they're the same parent company 
but I watch it on YouTube TV anyway, so it's all easy for me. Basically a DVR. But yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Um, Something I thought was funny about that is that it's premiering on January 6th dark but all the people were in the replies were like reclaiming january 6th okay i love that it was really funny i have three items left over i'm gonna do them so fast you won't even believe it first of all i thought this was just kind of interesting mike flanagan who does like haunting of hill house and all those he's leaving and he's going to prime he's leaving netflix and going to prime isn't that interesting very interesting Next. Um, <laughs> um, season three of I Think You Should Leave has started production. That's the best Woo-hoo. news I've ever heard, and I had no idea. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. And finally, um, the next season of The Mandalorian will premiere on March 1st. Very soon. Kind of soon-ish, yeah. Everything we always say. Wow, so soon. <laughs> wow, the we passage have- of time, am I right? <laughs> Honestly, we're like, wow, time. Those are like those are things like it's coming so soon, or um, it's on my list. I'll watch it s- sometime, but we never do. Mm-hmm. And then also, wow, it's a thirty-minute show. We love it. <laughs> yeah, those are those are our catchphrases. <laughs> those are like if we were like a radio show and they had like a sound effect board. Mm-hmm. We could just plug those in and just like press them after we say anything and just rotate it. Would it would be great. Um, all right. On to the stuff we're really here to talk about. White Lotus season two. Um, I hope everyone listening has watched already because it's really hard to discuss this show without discussing spoilers. So we're not going to. We're going to spoil everything. But um, first, our top, for our top three, we are uh, ranking who we want to see in season three. Because it's already been confirmed there will be a season three. And if you haven't, I highly recommend watching the after the episodes. Honestly, all mm-hmm. the, the after the episodes of all of the episodes except for the finale, you could skip. Like none of them were like that good because they were like mostly doing like <laughs> random questions like who do you want to travel with? And literally every single person said Jennifer Coolidge, which obviously makes sense. But in the <laughs> final... <was> <laughs> It is fun. It was really fun to see Theo James talking in his non-American accent (laughs) and little shocking. Very fun. Um, But in the last, the final episode, we finally get to see Mike White talking about the show. And he confirmed that in season three, um, he's thinking that the topics will be, uh, be around death and maybe like eastern religion which i think is really interesting because the first season Mm -hmm. was about money the second season was about sex and honestly like religion does seem like it would be next and i think that will be so fascinating Mm -hmm. um so who do you want to see in season three um i mean this is Sometimes when we don't even really have boundaries for top three, it's actually harder because it's like, yeah. Oh, what are the usual actors that I love? So I was trying, I kind of just went, it's kind of random. This first one's not so random. I said Sophie Turner. Um, she just needs to be in more stuff. She's an amazing actor. And 
I was thinking about how it's like um the last time we saw her in a show or for me Game of Thrones obviously and she mm-hmm. was like suffering the whole time I would love to see her at like a bougie resort you saw her in the you know? staircase even though it was your least favorite show of the year oh see I forgot she was like, <laughs> barely in that she was barely in that and she suffered she did and suffer. she even suffered in do revenge and she was also barely in that I want to see her as a lead again and I want to see her um living like the luxury life at a bougie resort i like it i think that's a great answer i agree with you i felt i actually had a really hard time with this um top three too um because it was like yeah everyone i love but then i was like when i would really think about it i'm like can i really see um john early on this show like i don't think so maybe but like so i then i had to like kind of think through that a little bit he would have to do something different it would i feel like he would have to not be his usual persona as much yeah maybe unless he was like on the staff yeah i don't know i don't know but yeah yeah we can't just choose him for literally everything basically no yeah um, I went with Kieran Culkin and I think I might just be mm. thinking of him because he did show up in a skit of SNL, um, this week. And I just think, well, I want all the Roy's honestly, the whole Roy family at a white Lotus sounds like a great spinoff and <laughs> what's it called when they come together? Like a crossover episode. A crossover episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, that makes me want Mike White to direct a succession episode. Yes. Mike White knows rich white mm. people, so I think he would be mm-hmm. great at that. Yeah. Okay, who's your second person? Um, My second one, Um, I would like to see Billy Porter play the hotel manager. Ooh, I love of that. Of a White Lotus somewhere. Yeah, that would be great. Great answer. Wow, I should have I should have thought more about the hotel manager because there's a lot more leeway with that one. Fun. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of have to be kind of like an outlier amidst mm-hmm. the other characters a little bit. But honestly, though, I wasn't thinking of it like that. I was just thinking of like, who's an interesting person? Hey, Billy Porter. Well, what would he do? Oh, <laughs> he could be the hotel manager. That would be entertaining. So... Don't be too impressed. <laughs> it's very Mad Libs. Well, I like it. Um, okay, my number two, I said Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, I actually had to physically stop myself from listing her because I feel like I've listed her. <laughs> I've listed her and Jack Black, I know, for stuff like this several times. <laughs> so I'm so happy Go to you picked her. I think she's just been on my mind a lot lately because like, she started be- like doing roles that are like... S- so different for her like her being in everything everywhere all at once was like I could have never guessed that she would do something like that and like it fit her so perfectly and now she's like getting nominated for stuff mm-hmm. um okay who's your um my last one the most random of all but I really think this could be something Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen <laughs> okay yes it's basically returning to their roots of 
being travel girlies. Yes. Yes. So I think that's a brilliant answer. Thank you. I just, and I feel like the way that their persona now, personas now, where they're like kind of reclusive, rich fashionistas, Mm -hmm. you know, businesswomen. But they're so mysterious. I don't know. I just feel like I want that. I want them to appear at the White Lotus. Yeah, I really like it. Um, and what a better show to return to television on. Like, it's... You couldn't ask for better. Totally. Um, okay, my last one, also random, but oh well. Um, Andrew Scott. I just want him in more stuff. Oh, yeah. And think he could be fun he would be amazing and he could i mean he's like a chameleon of characters he could either be like sweetie nice guy total douche Mm -hmm. like he could be a good hotel manager too he really could like honestly i would never change out um the first season hotel manager because i think he was like absolutely perfect yeah. But I also think that Andrew Scott could have done that, a similar thing with that role, yeah. you know? So maybe he shouldn't be the hotel manager. Cause could maybe Murray Bartlett do Hot Priest? No. Maybe, <laughs> actually. If he were if he were just a little younger, I think. Yeah. Um, But there's just no, <laughs> I don't know. There's no Hot Priest. There's no other Hot Priest. No, there is not. Hmm. Wow. I would I would be shocked if he weren't on the cast list for season three. Andrew Scott, <laughs> seriously, I feel like I feel like he's on the short list to make it. Well, I'm very I'm very interested to hear. I saw an article today that talked about how Connie Britton's character was supposed to return for season two. Apparently, like she had like a mm. a whole storyline and everything, but they had another person for casting that they needed to bring with her and couldn't score them, and so it's like. Not, I don't think it's confirmed, but from the article, it sounded like she probably could be and will be returning for season three because they did get that casting figured out or something. Wow. That is fascinating. I can't place where she, well, I mean, obviously her storyline was cut, but like I, everything was so great for season two storyline wise. I'm like, I can't even place where I would put her. Yeah, no. In there. Wow. So I guess That's we'll so see. Interesting. Yeah. I like the possibility of other characters coming back. Yeah, it's fun. It was really fun having Jennifer Coolidge back. And um yes. the tie to season one that I totally missed but only saw after Mike White talking about it in the after the episode where she talked about how death is like the only experience that she wanted to experience um i thought was really beautiful and really cool it's yeah even more brilliant than could have thought that's something that is really funny as people are posting things like from the first episode of the season how um well thought out it all is and there's like so many clues right in front of your face the whole time Mm -hmm. that makes this show just like really satisfying 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're just getting into it now. But like, um, that was honestly one of my, I'm going to say it was a pro and a con, I think, with having a season two, because in season one, we had no idea what the show was. So it like took us all season to really figure it out. And I think in season one, we started because it's, it always has you on the edge of your seat. And so, and you know that someone dies. So it kind of treats it like it's some like murder mystery situation. And in season one, once the death happens and it's actually kind of like a really stupid like mistake death it's actually hilarious I think I liked this overall season better than season one but I do think I liked season one's finale just a tad bit more because of the insaneness of it all and it had more shock factor where on this one and there were like so many TikTok theories and like discussions of like who's gonna die that I kind of knew how I fr- like how it played out is one of the scenarios that I had read about and thought it thought would happen. Yes, yes, I I agree with that. My reaction to the finale was I was disappointed that people like the whole internet had figured out everyone figured out that Greg had set up this with. Mr. Collins and the other gay, his little posse, mm-hmm. that they were going to somehow frame her or somehow somehow frame her to get a divorce. I don't think anyone was guessing they were literally going to try to murder her, <laughs> or at least I didn't. I thought I thought because of like the, the recording camera in the room that they were going to frame her for infidelity or catch her, and then that was part of whatever. But like that he had hatched a scheme, basically. Mm-hmm. But I was happy that instead of it only being that, that Tanya went on like a murder rampage on the yacht. Because that was so shocking that I could barely believe what I was seeing. I mean, she could barely believe what she was seeing. <laughs> and then her death of falling over the side of the boat, trying to get in like the speedboat or whatever was amazing and so darkly funny and so I basically I was happy that I was still shocked by something even though I was a little sad that the internet figured out what was going on because that would have been a really crazy reveal mm-hmm. yeah I completely agree it was almost like I loved all the clues and like figuring it out but that it's a catch-22 because I felt like it played out in, as one of the scenarios I had. Um, yes. But, yeah, there were still things, like, that I was really happy about. Like, I think I, I guess I, we haven't really talked about this show at all. But, like, I, the whole time, have really been, like, I really hope that um, Lucia's uh, guy that's, like, stalking her is fake. And... Mm-hmm. So I was really glad that that played out as I wanted. Well, it was so funny because I was like, when the, when she first brings it up to Albie, I was like, that's a lie. Like, she's just messing with him. It's yeah. a scam. But then she had me going the last episode. And I know everyone was like, wait, is this actually real? Like, she's she's being legit. 
And then I, so I love the, like the casual reveal that it was all fake at the, like the very end when the girls are just like strolling happily down. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, they deserve everything. They really did that. They are geniuses. Yeah. They were the um, true winners. Mm-hmm. And like, it that. just, it goes to show like good writing and storytelling and how like we didn't need to see them had like Lucia hatching that plan at all. Like Mm-mm. the fact that they were able to tell such deep storylines to like so many characters in seven episodes is honestly iconic. Bow down to Mike White. 100%. That reminds me of something I was thinking. I'm just, I'm really fascinated by the scenes that we don't see something confirmed like Mike White chooses not to confirm as fact with the audience like how we don't know for sure how far Harper actually went with Theo James Mm -hmm. Aubrey Plaza and Theo James we only have her story and Ethan's suspicions um we don't know 100% sure we can be probably sure that Ethan and Daphne did sleep together in the cave or whatever but we didn't see it happen like we don't know a hundred percent sure and i like that mike white like leaves us hanging on certain things because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of things that are confirmed and we see a lot of crazy things go down but those things are really hugely important and we don't really need to know and they will never really know either the characters so it's Mm -hmm. like i just think that's really interesting yeah, I completely agree. I also liked, um, like, what's Portia going to do with this information? Because yeah, I like to think that she will get back home and she doesn't want to work a real job. So she will tell the authorities the plan, like the plan to murder Jennifer Coolidge's character um, so that she could maybe potentially get some of that money. But mm. I don't know. See, my reaction was, don't tell a soul. They will come after you and kill you. <laughs> but I guess most of them are dead, too. I don't know. I don't know. I Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I don't know either. I do want to bring up Portia. Um, I, I was really glad to see those quotes from Haley Lou Richardson today being like, you guys are seriously judging her airport outfit. She was literally kidnapped. She doesn't have other clothes for two days. Like, of course she looks crazy. And I was like, you know what? Yes, her outfits were hilarious. But roasting her outfits is like the most tired meme of the series. Because it's like, they are horrible on purpose. And she kind of pulled some of them off. (laughs) Sometimes she looks cool. (laughs) Here's what I think. I think that they were almost a little too distracting, though. Like, I understood that they served a purpose, but, like, I really felt so distracted anytime she was on screen with her outfits. Like, it wasn't that I thought her outfits were bad. It was that I felt like they were distracting. And so, like, her... That was what I felt confused by because, it like, almost every time she was on screen, it took me out of what was happening because they were so different from anything else being shown on screen. And I mean, I was like, okay, so she's clearly supposed to not fit in there. Like she doesn't, she doesn't fit in at all. And 
that's it's obvious from mm-hmm. like you know from the outfits yeah it's true which i th- i just think that they could have shown that a little bit differently than because actually some of the outfits that she was wearing they're still like really expensive clothes uh they just are made to look like they're not and i don't know the the headdress thing that she was wearing at the airport though was one of the funniest Crazy. slash most atrocious things I've ever seen, but I understood what was going on. And yes. It, and honestly, that almost felt like they were pre like that almost felt like they were trolling all the, the outfit <laughs> commentary almost, even though like they couldn't it's have true. because this was filmed before, but it's almost like they anticipated all the haters and had her wear like tie that. I don't even know, like a huge scarf to her around hat. a hat. <laughs> so funny it really was hilarious uh, that honestly too that moment between her and albie at the airport in the finale i'm kind of obsessed with it even though albie for me the whole time it was such a genius character because like you just roll your eyes at him like oh what a hero you what a saint woke like, queen or king woke king yeah <laughs> woke king over here and um but what I really loved was like he he knew he was an idiot. Like he I feel like he came away, I felt like surprisingly kind of self-aware in that moment. Like how he he knew that he got played so he got played out of fifty thousand euros. Like that was just hilarious. And I liked that he didn't like he and Portia are just broken at this point and like he doesn't hold a grudge. I kind of expected him to hold a grudge against her for rejecting him. But they were just both huge idiots, and I was like, okay, I, I actually really am liking this moment between them right now. <laughs> yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was really funny. Um, his whole plot was also really funny to me. One of my notes is, LOL, thinking about finding not one, but two romantic interests on a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the real outlandish part. <laughs> yeah. Um. That actually reminds me of another thing that we never actually see play out is that we never see Albie learning at all that his dad also was like sleeping with Lucia, you know? I don't think he knows. No, right? I, I know. We never see it. Yeah. And I it is really interesting. don't need to see it. Yeah. I wonder if he did, if he did find out if he would have put in a good word with his mom about him or not. I bet he wouldn't. I bet he wouldn't either. That one little moment where he was like, oh, dad, I already did. I was like, okay, <laughs> decom. Like, <laughs> I was dying. That was, I was like, oh my gosh. That's so, that was hilarious. It was like the perfectly placed cheese moment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it was so corny and I ate it up. It was so funny. It's like when you like would ask your parents for something and they keep saying no, and then they eventually say yes. So then you like really ham it up with them to be like overly like, thank you so much, daddy. That was so funny. Uh, <sighs> loved it. Um, Do you have like a specific scene that is your favorite or that like will forever be burned in your brain? I can hmm. go first because I clearly have one and I feel like I'm being Dax Shepard on his podcast by asking a leading question and because I just want to answer it myself. You already have a perfect answer to. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's a tough question because it's like, can I pick one per episode? But you go. Probably. You go. Maybe it'll trigger. It'll like. And maybe this. Something. Maybe this is just fresh in my mind. But and I haven't really seen anyone talking about it online. And I wish I could figure out how to like make a clip of it or like screenshot it. I don't understand how the internet does that. Um, but it's uh Jennifer Coolidge running around on the yacht and then like slowing down to make it look like she wasn't running so that they didn't see the way that that was filmed was so good yes it was so funny from where they were sitting they could still see her running hear her you can hear her doing everything oh my gosh it was so funny and i thought it was really really funny and good for them to show us but like she was also drunk because she kept trying to waste time by like drinking more. Ugh, that poor girl. What a, what a final day in her life. Truly. Another one for me is um, when Daphne is showing the picture of her child. Oh, when she yeah. means to show the picture of her trainer. That was so good. And done so well. Her fake oopsie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. It's so good. Every moment, between, everything between her and Harper is really fascinating. And when you, I mean, that, that whole arc with the, the two couples, like even me as a viewer, I was starting to be convinced like they are, they're not like doing good things things but they kind of have this understanding and i think they legitimately love each other even though and this is this is just how they are this is their marriage and um i don't know the only time though i saw maybe a falter in that was when um that she's like come in and talk like come and talk to the kids on facetime and they're they're like we want to see daddy daddy and he's like clearly is like ugh, like they're not even my kids like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that was like one of the only times that one and Daphne's face when um Ethan tells her he thinks that Harper and Theo James were hooking up Mm -hmm. and so it's like those two moments where it's kind of like okay they're not not everything is all hunky-dory between these two like I think there is some resentment there and like there's darkness there Mm-hmm. but I do <laughs> it it totally made sense how what Harper and Ethan needed was like jealousy in their marriage to mm-hmm. remember that oh I actually do care about you and I do actually I am in love with you romantically not just like as this like marriage contract so they really made an argument for that for them in this show yeah honestly bo- watching both relationships kind of play out it was like I wouldn't want to be in either of these, but I was like, I do see the benefits to both. Like it was really, really, really fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. When you see what a jerk Theo James is all the time, you're like, oh, Daphne has no idea. And she's just gaga for the, her husband and he's cheating on her all the time. But it's like, oh, she's not really a victim here though, because she's doing the same thing to him. Like, she's you know? aware of it. She's choosing to stay. And she's mm-hmm. using it to her advantage, like, using his money and using his time away to do whatever she wants. So, like, she's just, like, making, mm-hmm. taking those things and creating her opportunities for herself 
and props to her for being able to do that yeah I saw like a tweet or something that was like what kind of uh medication is she on I want some and I was like Mm -hmm. truly (laughs) it's really good Mm -hmm. something that was haunting was when um Albie kisses Portia by the pool and she's just like not into it and it's just like really awkward and like not um flowing mm-hmm. and I really like when um in a show or a movie when it's a kissing scene and usually it's like the camera angles are like spinning around and there's like music playing and it's like really kind of epic and looks so great mm-hmm. but this was just like filmed like just watching them and like it wasn't romantic at all it was so awkward and it felt very realistic and it was Mm -hmm. just like she's looking at what's his name in the pool instead and I was just like oh my gosh this is so painful but it was like just I don't know it just felt so real and I really was haunted by that (laughs) yeah no that's a really good moment and also another moment where it's just like interesting to think like um like I think he had her consent and everything but like just kind of like his his wanting for this moment was just so sad (laughs) yeah like and we didn't see it from his perspective at all because like his perspective would have been like this sweeping like beautiful kiss moment Mm -hmm. and her side of it was just like this is awkward. Like I'm not feeling any kind of spark or chemistry here and it's mm-hmm. really awkward and I'm distracted by this other guy. Um, yeah, I, Oh, what was I just going to say about them? Oh, cause it's also, it's like Portia the whole time is very in her rights to not be interested in Albie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't like the whole time, like I was not, I was like, okay, she's not into him. Like, she doesn't need to hang out with him at every second. When he's waiting, when he's, like, (laughs) waiting for her by the pool, that's another really funny moment when, like, he's like, no, I've saved that chair for my friend. (laughs) Like, he he goes up to the club and it's so awkward and, like, oh, my gosh. Like, dude, you need to just, like, read the room. Okay, sorry. And, um, but then, so then by the end, like, it wasn't like I was, like, shipping Albie and Portia at all. But then by the end, I was like, okay, wait, like, how do they have me, like, rooting for them suddenly now? Like, I was really happy that she asked for his number and stuff. Like, I think here's here's my interpretation of that same scenario. Because, like, I thought it was really interesting. Like, she immediately drops Albie for um, Jack, who is this guy that he's not my type but i understand the trope of like he's the hottest so like you go for mm-hmm. it when he's like bad she clearly likes the bad guy and he's yeah. like really forward and aggressive i albie bugged me this season like it wasn't like i was crushing on albie necessarily but he's definitely more my type quote unquote you know but Jack. yes yeah same yeah i'm not um, a danger girl I know you have your AJ McLean past. (laughs) I've grown out of it, though. And now I just want someone fun that I can talk to, which is what I was going to say is, like, I think that's kind of why they came together in the end, because they were like, we're attracted to each other enough and um, (laughs) can be, like, ourselves with each other and, like, talk openly and honestly about things. 
um Mm -hmm. and relatable and good 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 plot i liked it it's funny because it's like i don't know i i i wouldn't necessarily think that their plot would be that um intriguing and like have that much to analyze but Mm -hmm. maybe it's just like the point i am at in my life that it does kind of make me it's that even that plot really makes me think totally which just says a lot yeah i mean they were the only single people on the show so i guess it makes sense that we would relate to that one the most yeah well except for valentina hotel manager Oh, also true good point which ugh, felt for her the whole time. Ugh. Honestly, great character. Loved her. Wow. Oh, she was. Oh, my gosh. I was really glad I, I, because season one had me just inherently nervous for the hotel manager, whoever it was going to be. I was happy that she didn't really have like a horrible tragedy. By me the too. End. She me made too. some new friends. Yeah. She's going to discover some things about herself. Yeah. I, um, I think maybe also underrated is, um, I can't remember her name, but the, the girl that she had a crush on who was working at the front desk. Oh yeah. She was Um, great. She was so good. And I really, it was also so interesting how it's like, she was never leading Valentina on, but I totally was like, oh, maybe she does like her because she's just so friendly. I do think it is really interesting because Valentina took her niceness as she's interested but also you're her boss valentina which is she's supposed to be nice to you you control her paycheck so like yes that's why it is very a fine line involved with people at work because the power dynamics are like really so hard to like put into words why something is not right and i think that was shown even when it's two women yeah that also reminds me, we haven't talked about uh, Lucia's friend Mia, who I also, I really liked her and thought she did a really good job. And um, she was hilarious. I didn't know this until uh, SD Heim posted on Instagram, who she did like all of the like live music, I believe. Like she was in charge of that stuff. And so, like, all of the piano performances were like recorded live. Like they weren't like recorded in a studio and added later. Like it was like recorded there. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, I was, I really liked Mia. The only plot line that I didn't love was Mia and the, the old piano guy. Yeah. I was like, no thanks, but it didn't really last very long. So no. Um, Megan Fahey was on, uh Las Culturistas and learned so much from that discussion about like the oh, filming of White Lotus. So highly recommend listening to that if you haven't. Um but the two most interesting parts that I have been thinking about is how like all the actors were like living in that hotel while they were filming this. So they kind of had like their own <laughs> White Lotus esque experience just filming this, which I think is really fun. Um, one thing that she also said was that Lucia like didn't really know English like at all when she started when they started filming this. I was shocked by that. Like she was, crazy. was amazing. Um, but back to my other point of all of the cast living in the, the hotel. I think that that was incredibly smart because this cast 
had so much like chemistry where it was needed and offline like off the show and online like it just looks like they had the best time and like everyone is friendly and fun and like commenting on everybody's instagrams and like it's honestly been half the fun of the show is like seeing all of the like behind the scenes photos and videos um on everybody's instagrams i have loved every second of it i can't remember the last time i like wanted to be best friends with a full cast this much Mm -hmm. like this much it was like they were at like a summer camp it was so the the footage is just like unreal (laughs) it's amazing i love it did you say which season you prefer if you had no i didn't and i do i do prefer season two and i think what you were saying about how we were trying to figure out season one the whole time but i also think that i liked universally like all the stories that were happening in this one more than season one i felt like almost this whole season i was just like having more fun even when it was really dark still I feel like this season still did a really good job at like I it was suspenseful every single episode like I was on the edge of my seat a lot like uh Portia it the whole time basically when she's with Jack I I was like get out of there like it was Mm -hmm. still yeah I mean they just did a really good job of like making things terrible and funny all at the same time. Yeah, I almost felt like there was, like, a better balance or something. Yeah. But I still really want to watch season one again because it feels like it's been a while, so it might just not be fresh enough in my mind. Yeah. Because I loved it, too. It's true. (sighs) All right. Well, who's your crush of the week? Hmm. It's... Honestly, I think... Every single person is crushable. Mm-hmm. Literally every person. Um, I think... I want to say Theo James. Not his character, but he's just like... Un- I think he's like maybe the most underrated hot person in Hollywood. <laughs> like He was so good. And his outfits that they dressed him in were so, so funny and like over the top. Like patterns and colors and stuff um I feel like it might be a tie between him and Megan Fahey them together they were just like the dream team um like could they have even could this season have even worked without them I don't think so I don't think so either they were so they were both so good and so important yeah yeah and I feel like this is another thing that I say a lot but like I really hope to see them in so many more things moving forward Mm -hmm. if this doesn't do that for them everyone was talking about this show for the last seven weeks yeah and And them a lot uh yeah a lot of people are actually very outraged that megan did not get a golden globe nomination um which i agree with i I do think that she i think she may have had the hardest performance um, cause it was just so much like communicating with your eyes and face. Yeah. Um, and saying and acting in one way, like bubbly, happy, literally almost like 90% of the time. 
but meaning a different thing mm-hmm. like every time yep yeah um but i'm gonna give my crush of the week to amber plaza aubrey plaza i keep calling her amber i have said it probably to hundreds of people talking about this show and sounded like an idiot and i keep catching sometimes i catch myself sometimes i don't aubrey <laughs> plaza um she just looked so good and perfect and her character was also just so good another good example of a person who's like um it's just like I love this show because it's just like about humans and how it doesn't matter how woke you are like we're all humans who have flaws and like exploiting and exposing those flaws is just really really interesting and like I think she could have gone the whole season without having any real like flaws showing up but I'm kind of glad that she she even had like a breaking point and yeah Mm. I just loved her performance like she was doing kind like she started out doing like the Aubrey Plaza thing but with a twist Mm -hmm. you know like it was I feel like it was one of her most like human relatable characters I've seen her play Instead of, like, a caricature of, like, a cranky girl, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like she usually plays, like, uh, deadpan, no emotion, but with comedy. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of the first time we mm-hmm. got to see that, but without the comedy and with the drama. And, yes. Yeah, it was just really good. Mm-hmm. She killed it. Was it was something she's already good at, but understated. Mm-hmm. Understated version. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, that's messed up. It's... They shouldn't have done. I wonder if the Golden Globe Academy or whatever it's called, whatever they call their voters, like, did they get the finale? Well, is it the or did they just nominate Jennifer Coolidge like because they figured that she would be good again? (laughs) (laughs) Like, a lot of people should have been nominated from this. It's the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, right? Is that right? Oh, uh, that sounds right. I can't. It's hard for me to keep them all straight. I don't know. You can fact check that and cut it out if it's wrong. <laughs> Sounds boring. Um, I don't. I don't need to. I trust you. <laughs> you shouldn't. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Missed the show already. It's been. I. I say this with all the shows that this happens to, but I just love having a show to watch with the internet as it's happening and enjoy all the memeing and the tweeting and the posting so fun mm-hmm. um so pr- still proud of uncle rico still proud of o- uncle rico kind of sad we never got to see him again i know and funny but his presence really loomed it's loomed true over it. and maybe we'll see him in season three super villain <laughs> he's <laughs> if he's the character that carries over to season three it'll be so wild it was all about him the whole time mm-hmm. like whoever is his next wife the next scam wow um all right next week we're talking about sex lives of college girls so get caught up and we'll see you next week bye bye